0: This is Northland Outdoors Radio. Well, it's final segment on Northland Outdoors Radio. I'm Brett T. Bone Amundson, and we just wrapped up with Tony Crotty from Mid-Migration Outfitters talking snogies. If you missed that interview, you can podcast it at NorthlandOutdoors.com. He's in South Dakota, and right now we're heading back to the east to Lake Winnebago, where they recently wrapped up the sturgeon spearing season. We did go out there for the opener. We filmed this uh, really unique event for an upcoming episode of Northland Outdoors Television. And while we didn't spear a fish, I was wondering how everyone else did. So I asked Ryan Koenigs from the Wisconsin DNR to join us on the radio show. Ryan, how are things?
1: Uh, things are slowed down a little bit now, but it was a pretty busy season.
0: It's kind of a crazy event, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes on during the Sturgeon Spear Fishery here on the Winnebago system. Uh, we have an unlimited fishery in terms of the number of licenses we'll sell on Lake Winnebago. And this year we actually sold over 13,000 licenses, which is the most that we've ever sold in the sport dates back to the winter of 1931-1932. And then there's also a lottery fishery on the Upper River Lakes. This last year we had almost 6,000 applicants, and of those applicants, we gave out 500 permits per year. So that fishery has been growing in interest, but we have one of the largest naturally reproducing populations of lake sturgeon here on the Winnebago system, so a tremendous biological resource, um, probably one of, if not the largest, recreational harvest of lake sturgeon in the Midwest but what really separates or makes sturgeon spearing unique around here is the culture and tradition that is associated with the sport.
0: Uh, We're talking with uh, Ryan Koenigs here from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Ryan is a Winnebago sturgeon biologist. Uh, How long have you been a part of the sturgeon spearing season over there?
1: Well I actually grew up on the east shore of Lake Winnebago so I've been I guess a part of the spearing culture since I was probably four or five years old um, going out in the shanty with my father However, I've been working with the Department of Natural Resources since the 2008 season would have been my first year um, working, I guess, on the other side of of things instead of as a spear. Also working, you know, to manage the fishery. So this year would have marked, I think, my ninth season.
0: So that's almost kind of a—is that kind of your dream job? I mean,
1: (laughs) yeah, I consider myself extremely fortunate to be able to work on the, you know, the resource that I grew up enjoying from a personal standpoint, and I still do purchase a spearing license every year. I wasn't able to get out this year, but I have harvested um, a lake sturgeon through the spear fishery in 2010. still buy a license every year, and to be able to work with the population and fishery that I grew up appreciating is really a a dream position for me.
0: Overall, how would you grade this year's sturgeon spearing season on Lake Winnebago?
1: You know, if you look at just the numbers, the harvest numbers are down this year on Lake Winnebago. um, We had a harvest of 396 fish, and that's down pretty substantially from the 2014-2015 season where we had over 1,500 fish harvested each season. However, Mother Nature dealt us a very different hand this year, and the fact that we even were able to have a season and a total harvest on the system of over 700 fish, I think I still would classify this as a successful season. You know, we were looking here in in early January, we didn't even have ice formed on the lakes yet, and we're a month and a half out from the start of the spear fishery, and I was fueling questions on well, are we even going to have a season? With all the rain that we did get in December, the the lake was high, there was a lot of runoff coming into the system, and the water was extremely dirty. Um, I heard from some pretty credible sources that when the lakes first froze over, there were pockets of water that was so dirty that you could hardly see the bottom of the ice. So the fact that the water cleared enough to get us to a consistent 7 feet of visibility on the upper lakes, 7 to 10 feet of visibility on Lake Winnebago to Allow for the harvest that we did have. I think it is a successful season, um, just because people were able to get out and were able to harvest some fish. We're able to take part in the sport and renew those traditions.
0: Obviously, you want to stick a fish if you can, but it's just fun being out there. It's fun being a part of it. And we'd been planning our trip. I went over there with Jamie Dipman this year, and we had gone out, out there last year just to cover the event. And uh, but we didn't have a license this year. We got a license, but the ice conditions were the issue. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't until the week before that we had a guide lined up that was taking us out and we didn't we didn't even know if we were going to have a place to spear we didn't know if we had a shanty out there it wasn't until the week before the event that he said okay we're, we're going to have them out you can come out and uh, jump in them." so we were in about 11 feet of water we could see bottom it was tough uh, but that water clarity did you, you t- touched on it a little bit it cleared up quite a bit right as the season started there didn't it
1: yeah we did some water clarity checks throughout the system Uh, the week of the season so the week leading up and we did clarity checks about two weeks before that and during that two week period clarity on the average cleared up about two to three feet so when we first did our checks clarity was six to seven feet and if that would have been the case we wouldn't even have seen close to the number of fish harvested um, that were water clarity you know with a spear fishery is is clearly the biggest predictor of spearing success and from past season data um, typically when we get to 12 feet or greater clarity is when we start to see higher harvests and an increased likelihood of a shortened season um, as the harvest caps are then reached. Um, that was, we didn't get to that threshold this year and that led to the you know, below average harvest that we've had on Lake Winnebago. However, 2014-2015 you know, were successful seasons that only lasted 6 and 8 days on Lake Winnebago, but the three seasons before that, 11, 12, and 13, were all full 16-day seasons as well. Mm. And in 2012, you know, water clarity was 10 feet, and there was a harvest of 324 fish. And in 2013, clarity was only 8 feet, and we had 306 fish harvested. So with those seasons, similar clarity to what we had this year, um, we actually exceeded the harvest of each of those two seasons.
0: And we should mention that the, w- the way it works on the lake is you have, a, you have a, a quota or a cap on how many fish can be speared. And then once you hit that, you will, you'll end up closing the season. You know, you talked about ice conditions a little bit too earlier uh, here in the show. If you wouldn't have had good ice, would you, have, I mean, is there a possibility that you would have canceled the season?
1: no we are we are obligated that the open season dates are actually in state statute so okay. regardless of what conditions are you know there will be a season um however the spear does have in the regulations it also states that the fish have to be harvested you know with a spear thrown by hand through a hole cut in the ice so we wouldn't uh, the DNR would not be able to you know cancel the season per se um but that does it, it would be tougher if you did have a season where you still had open water. Hopefully, we won't have that, that issue anytime in the near future. Um, this year was probably the most touch and go in terms of any ice formation or some of the later um, ice formations that we've had, at least in recent memory.
0: People always want to see a fish over 100 pounds. There's the, 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 that rumor, the mystical 200-pound fish swimming around out there. How many, how many fish were over 100 pounds this year?
1: Uh, this year, we had 19 fish harvested on the system that were 100 pounds or larger. Eight were harvested from Lake Winnebago and 11 from the Upper River Lakes. The largest fish this season was a 77 inches long, and it was 147.9 pounds. And that fish was harvested on the Upper River Lakes. And, you know, the the prevalence of these big 100-plus-pound fish has been a really interesting story over the last decade. Um previous to both the early 2000s, if we had, you know, on, in the average year, it was going to be around 1% or 2% of the fish that were harvested were 100 pounds or larger. However, starting around 2007 and then specifically 2010 to 2014, we were seeing some years where it was, you know, 5 to 10% of the harvest from Lake Winnebago were fish 100 pounds or larger in 2014 that season we had over hundred fish harvested on the system that were hundred pounds or larger wow. and we've got harvest data and length weight data dating back to 1941 um, you know a long-term data set 76 seasons and of the eleven heaviest fish harvested on record ten of those fish have been harvested since 2004 so we really are in, in the good old days here I guess you could say with our sturgeon spear fishery and population We've got more big fish than we probably ever have within the population, and we probably also have the largest abundance of fish that we've had in at least the last 50, 60 years.
0: Well, I'm going to have to come back over next year. It's, <laughs> it's just going to have to happen. Uh, you mentioned the upriver River Lake season, and it's different than uh, the season uh, on Winnebago. What are the differences between the two?
1: The main difference, I guess, is the depth of water that people are spearing in. You know, on Lake Winnebago, like this year, we went through rough, a little over 60 sturgeon stomachs, actually almost 70, and for the most part, the fish in Lake Winnebago are feeding on chironomid larvae, and these are our lake fly larvae. Um, locally, you know, people refer to them as redworms, and this is a very important, probably the most important food source for sturgeon in the Winnebago system. Mostly, the beds are in, you know, 16 to 18, 19 feet of water. So, for the most part, the fish were feeding in deeper water, and as they are bottom feeders, you know, they're, for the most part, going to be close to the bottom. So, in dirty water conditions, you know, it's just hard to see those fish. You're not going to see the bottom to see the fish that are swimming through. So, that's more challenging on Lake Winnebago. The Upper river Lakes, on the other hand, most of the lakes, probably the lake area is made up of water depths of four to six feet. So, water clarity doesn't play nearly as big of a factor up there as it does on Lake Winnebago. The success rates are just much higher and that's why in 2007 there was a lottery fishery implemented where we'll give out 500 permits per year. The average is probably around 55 to 60 percent of those license holders are going to get a fish that season. But the Upper Lakes runs on its own harvest cap system and once we reach any of those harvest caps we can close down the fishery.
0: I heard that it takes someone seven years before they could get a tag for upriver. Is that
1: This last season, anybody with seven or more points was awarded a permit, um, and then there was about half of the people that applied with six actually got a tag. Hmm. However, this this fishery has been growing in popularity since it started. I mean, in the first year, there were only about 2,500 applicants, and we're up to 6,000 now, you know, just 10 seasons later. So right now, if you're just starting out, and you have zero preference points, you're probably going to be looking at you know, right around a 10-year wait before you would actually get your permit.
0: Oh, better I've got
1: five right now, and I'm thinking I'll probably draw my tag in the next two or three years. Wow.
0: Better start buying preference points right now then. Is, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> There's nothing else like it in uh, in the country. It's very unique out there. We stay out in the the great city of Fond du Lac. They've been very good to us out there and hang out on Lake Winnebago. Ryan Koenigs, Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, thanks for being on Northland Outdoors Radio. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Also, my thanks to Tony Crotty from Mid-Migration Outfitters. James Jimmy Dittman, and the Northland Outdoors staff. Thank you for listening. I'm Brett bone Amundsen. Make sure you take some time to spend some time in the outdoors this week. I, it's me, America.
1: Northland Outdoors Radio is a division of Forum Communications Company and broadcasts across the Northland on the Northland Outdoors Radio Network. If you have a story
0: that we should talk about, let us know at northlandoutdoors.com.